finding these moments of quiet because if we're always just doing, 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 like dreams don't come from the intellect. Dreams come from, I guess I could just say like your heart, right? So whatever, or your intuition or your higher mind, that's where your dharma is going to show up. And I just believe wholeheartedly that you can do as much mindset training as you want, but if you're not sitting in the incubator of meditation, you're never really going to fully realize the potential of all the other techniques that you're using because that's what meditation does. I believe it is a far superior technique than any other for mind training, yet it supports all of the other techniques to yield their maximum benefit. When we step away from that attachment to the outcome and we just go through the journey day by day by day, moment to moment, most often we are served up exactly what we're supposed to learn from this experience, whether we judge it as good or we judge it as bad. It's a direct experience. And if we can nullify the judging of it and simply just focus our attention on having an experience, more experiences lead to more wisdom, lead to more joy, lead to more confidence, trust, and then watch the trajectory of your life change. Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm here with Beej. I'm Jess, and this is our July installment of the O Show, the Open and Honest Show. So, uh, Beej and I are just landing from travel. I traveled, came home, we said hello, he left, he's been traveling, and now we're back. It's uh, 8 a.m on a Wednesday morning, and we have uh, all of our morning liquids with us, and we're going to do our medicine card drawing uh, during this podcast. So, morning, babe. Good morning. It's good. And Clark wants to play ball. It's like perfect timing. <laughs> Intro, Clark brings the ball over, let's play. Uh, yeah, the uh, yeah medicine card. It's not a drawing, like a contest. Like the Mega Millions? <laughs> yeah. It's simply just, uh, yeah, pull a card. If you guys, you guys probably heard us talk about the medicine cards before. We pull them most mornings. I haven't done it since being away. So we will see what the universe holds. All right. You want to pull your card? Sure. And DJ just prepared me like, it's not even a cup of coffee. It's a jug of coffee. It's so lovely. Spider upside down. Ooh, spider in contrary. All right. So check that out. And so what we'll do is we'll we'll get to the we'll get to the good stuff uh, in the reading, and then how it pertains to your life right now. And it's funny because we've had these cards, not this particular. Yeah, we've had this particular deck on retreat and things like that. And I remember one of my retreat hosts saying, like, you know, just make sure you you know, you ask the participants to put the cards back because people will, you know, take them home and it's all well-intentioned. But I think the the point of it all is that this is just alignment in a moment. And like, even since BJ has picked the card, like he's changed. There's cells in his body that has changed. Like even just knowing what his card is, his mood has probably been influenced by that. Um, thoughts are coming up because of it. So everything is always changing and it's just a fun thing. It's not your fortune. It's not, um, you know, how you're going to live the rest of your life, but it's fun to see what resonates and then you can put that stuff into action. So what do you got for us, babe? 
So spider is weaving. So there's like a word that is associated with the, yeah. the card. And then there's two readings. There's the, the card is pulled upright. There's a reading and then contrary. I got contrary, which is shorter descriptions. So that I always like those short, short paragraphs to read. And then you can, so this one has three paragraphs. I'm going to jump to where it applies to me because the first part doesn't apply. Um, so it says, take a look uh, at another message that contrary spider medicine brings. Lack of creativity. If you fail to use your talents to get the web spinning, your lack of creativity can change into destructiveness. If you are feeling stagnant and unable to move in a positive direction, you may come to resent others who are doing well. This resentment will become a black widow spider and eat you up. And the only one to mourn your demise will be you. Get moving, find joy and new ideas in the accomplishments of others and use them to propel you into a new phase of creative spinning on your own web of delight. Observe spider's web and find pleasure in the ideas you receive from her universal language. Do you feel like your creativity has been down a little bit? Yeah. I, I, the first part of that I don't resonate with, but maybe a little stagnation in creativity. So again, this is just a framework, a guide. So it just brings creativity back into my awareness. And today I'll maybe focus on doing something a little different and using my imagination because that's where the creativity comes from. Yeah, I like that. So it's just what you pull away from it. And you might, I don't think I've ever had Spider and Contrary. I don't think I've ever read that before. All right. So I just got, we got some Contrary Medicine in the house today. I've got Bear in Contrary, which is introspection. So if you've drawn Bear reversed, your internal dialogue may have confused your perception of your true goals. In seeking answers or advice from others, you may have placed your own feelings and knowing aside. I don't think that that applies. I'm not feeling that resonates. Um, The time has come to regain your uh, authority for no one knows better than yourself what is proper and timely for your evolution. Yes, reclaim the power of knowing. Find joy. Here's another joy thing. In silence and richness of mother's womb. Allow the thoughts of confusion to be laid to rest as clarity emerges from the West, nurturing your dreams as the mother earth nourishes us all. And perhaps a little bit of confusion like, being home, like with my parents, that's where I was. I was on the Cape. Um, and then I got to lead the one day retreat down in Rhode Island, but a lot of confusion, you know, and a lot of confusion, um, on many different levels. But, you know, one of the things was like, you know, just looking at how we, my dad has Parkinson's and, and just looking at how we like, we just are pumping him with medication and, and it, it, it can be a confusing experience to see that going on with somebody as, as close as somebody as my dad. I've always had an incredibly close relationship with my dad and, and still do. And, um, and that was very confusing for me because there was times where he didn't want to take his medication and I had to give it to him. And I just felt like, oh, felt like a bit of a drug pusher. Um, and, you know, and really, and really sitting with that confusion and really sitting with like the, God, what, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? And why, why, why do we try so hard to, to keep people alive? And, and, you know, and then understanding that he's not off his path and, 
and then feeling the pain of what I had to do, give him the medication, and then feeling the peace of knowing that I still have a dad who's alive and I can have beautiful conversations with. So just, I think a lot of like ping-ponging. Um, uh, so that that speaks to me. Let's see what else it says. Um, yeah, that only through being my own advisor can I attain my true goals. And a lot of times we're picking up, you know, some energy of just things that we've been involved with as well. And I was talking with somebody not too long ago, like within the last 24 hours about understanding that the answers are, are within them and that they're not outside. And sometimes when we're looking outside for the answers and we're not getting them, it's really a nudge to, to learn from within, which is intuitive knowing. And I get that question a lot about, you know, how do I strengthen my intuition? And it's really like, we have to turn in this introspection. We need to turn in and we need to, uh, really step into this curiosity, like, do I have all the answers? Like, can I step into a stream of, of infinite intelligence and how do I do that? Um, so yeah, that resonates for me and it always comes back to me, right? Like for you, it always comes back to you. For anyone who's listening, it's always about you. It really is. It's, it's what's coming up in a moment and, and sitting with those emotions, whether they're good or they don't feel so good. And knowing that, you already have the capability to transmute anything that moves through you and that it is okay and very safe to say yes to the flow of life. But you got to know yourself really well. And I think that that's kind of nudging me back into that. Like, yeah, there was confusion, a lot of travel and a lot of mobility, but coming really back to that place of stillness and, and knowing who I am. Yeah, I'm recalling... Uh, up up this weekend at Ironman 70.3 Oregon, we were doing the practice swim and we were standing where the swim, practice swim started. And these women were there and asking, should they wear their shoes as they traverse the little uh, dirt path there down to the river uh, riverbed so they can jump in? And I said, and they were asking me like, what do you think? And I was like, well, I think I would do whatever feels most comfortable for me, which is not to walk down in shoes. <laughs> what feels most comfortable to you? <laughs> and she's like, well, it looks a little bit rocky, so I'm going to wear my shoes. I'm like, there you go. There's your answer. So it always comes back to you. Like, how do you feel? We're always seeking, we're always seeking outside, answers outside of ourselves. And that's not to say there's a, there's a time for that. I mean, we're coaches, so we, we are here to provide feedback. But the answer will always loop back to what you feel most comfortable with and to be aware of what you're asking and also what you feel. So you, it also loops into what, who you ask is really important. Who you ask outside of you is really important because you're going to get a ton of different answers and perspectives. So in this instance, it just made me chuckle and I was having fun with it because it, it, really demonstrates when you begin to make more decisions like that, you begin to tap into how you feel. You get on the side of, of where we are, where, well, of course, I see you in shoes. I see most of you guys in shoes, but I'm going to go barefoot because that feels best to me. Yeah. And there's a confidence that goes along with, um, you know, learning from within and making these decisions. So the end of this bear in contrary says like journey with bear to the quietness of your cave and hibernate in silence, right? So meditation. And on my numerology calendar today, today is Silver Day, which is meditate more, 
which is going to be interesting because I got a stack day, which is no excuse. I want to talk about stack days too okay. after we're done. All right. Dream your dreams and own them. Then in strength, you'll be ready to discover the honey waiting in the tree of life. And I love that. I love that piece. Dream your dreams and own them. Like my dreams are not your dreams, BJ, and your dreams are not my dreams. And, and I think a lot of times we can get stuck in just this method of life of, you know, getting up, going to work, training, paying the mortgage, getting up, going to work, training, you know, paying the Comcast bill or whatever. And when we're not taking time to just even, not even sit in silence to like, okay, I got to know my dream, but just taking a break from time, taking a break from the clock, uh, and this may segue well into your stack day and finding these moments of quiet, because if we're always just doing, doing, doing like dreams don't come from the intellect dreams come from, I guess I could just say like your heart, right? So whatever, or your intuition or your higher mind, that's where your Dharma is going to show up. And, um, and I just believe wholeheartedly that you can do as much mindset training as you want, but if you're not sitting in the incubator of meditation, um, you're never gonna, you're never really gonna fully realize the, the potential of all the other techniques that you're using. Cause that's what meditation does. Um, I believe it is a far superior technique than any other for mind training, yet it supports all of the other techniques to yield their maximum benefit. So if you are somebody who's, you know, um, like, oh, I don't know what my dream is. I don't know what purpose is. Like I'm done just going through the day to day, then start in that um, stillness. And actually, Golden Duffy and I are starting up um, an August 1st meditation challenge, 21 days. So it's the perfect time to, um, to jump in. So if you're interested in that and you're not quite familiar with it or you don't know how to find it, uh, just reach out to us and, and we'll point you in the right direction. So and in, in speaking of pointing, you had mentioned like coaches, like it is so important to have that guide, the coach, and and expanding your mind to realize like, okay, if you have a sprained ankle and you're not training, that doesn't mean quit. <laughs> it means talk to your coach, have an open conversation about how you can continue to keep momentum going. Maybe it's weekly calls, like whatever it is, it's you, you and your coach or you and your mindset coach, whatever it is, like continue with that guide because that guide is a pointer and that guide is always going to point you back to those answers that live within you. And that is an invaluable relationship. And we've had it with meditator Bob for over a decade now. And it's just so, um, yeah, it's so valuable for, for knowing your dreams and owning your dreams and living in a way that supports the unfolding of those dreams. Yeah. Having that coach, that guide, that voice, <laughs> that outside perspective, again, it has to be a trusted source or something that you connect with because there's a lot of perspective out there. And I learned that or saw that a lot this this weekend at the race, being in that environment, you know, thousands of athletes and supporters and spectators and a lot of energies out there. Um, but most often you touched upon, you know, sprained ankle or injury. Most often the athlete 
wants to make a decision right now that they're going to take the next week off or they're going to take the next three weeks off or they're not going to do the race this upcoming weekend and they make the decision right now. And I always ask, a great, great question to ask is, is what, what decision needs to be made right now? Like what needs to happen in, in this moment? And most often I find the decision doesn't need to be made about the race. It's more appeasing the mind that it doesn't have to think about it. But in that realm, if it's not thinking about that, it's going to think about something else. If you're not training the mind, as you were talking about, you know, sitting still, sifting and sorting. Um, if you're not doing that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cling on to the next thing. So a great practice, you know, athletes out there, because we're all, we all have opportunities, all have injuries, sicknesses, illnesses, you know, overloaded day of work. You treat it and meet it in the moment. And you ask what the truth is of, of what needs to happen right now. And then you wake up tomorrow morning with a fresh new perspective and, and fresh new energy because everything that happened in the previous day stopped and halted when you slept. You woke up, and now you have a clean slate. And it's a new opportunity and you just don't know what that day will present. And living in the curiosity and, and possibility that you could feel much better tomorrow and the next day and the next day. You just keep pulling that thread. And Melissa this weekend was the perfect example of that. And she PR'd Ohio. And there was Who's a moment- Melissa? For Melissa, people who don't Melissa's know. Melissa's uh, one of our athletes on the team, uh, Yogi Triathlete team, who uh, raced Ohio. She came on retreat with us in Costa Rica, um, really expanding and exploring presence and um, mindfulness. And um, I talk about a full day and uh, high stress, could be a high stress job, fitting it all in. Uh, to get her workouts in to show up has been the challenge, and she's standing up to that. She's standing up to the the, the re, any resistance out there that says you don't have time, you you, you can't be doing this. Um, and she was working through uh, sensation in the body, and you know we had conversations leading in, and decided to continue to have an adventure, have an experience, direct experience will move you quicker through these opportunities. <laughs> It's the fast track, direct experience. Go have an experience. Whether you race or not, go put yourself in the, in the position to show up there on race morning. Uh, there's so much benefit to that. Uh, you talked to an athlete too and shared my experience about Placid. And I was, you guys all know that. I was there ready to race up until, you know, that race morning, like going to walk down to go check in and I couldn't do it. But I had done everything to get to that point, And that is such a, a, a confidence builder and belief builder and trust builder that as long as we keep taking the next step, we're always going to be giving our best. And we're living in that possibility. Yeah. So Melissa crushed Ohio. She had a PR. So She had a massive PR. Massive PR. So it would be easy to say, I'm not going to go. And then you don't think about it. But then you work with all the thoughts of like, well, what if? What if I had gotten there? What if I had gotten through the swim? What if my body had turned around? You know, all the what ifs. But you can also play in the realm of like, I'm only going to go if I PR. And so there's a lot of stories in the mind. This wasn't Melissa's story. But there's a lot of stories for the mind to cling to. And it just so happened that when we step away from that attachment to the outcome and we just go through the journey day by day by day, moment to moment, 
most often we are served up exactly what we're supposed to learn from this experience, whether we judge it as good or we judge it as bad. Mm-hmm. It's ex- direct experience. And if we can nullify whether we're the judging of it and simply just focus our attention on having an experience, more experiences lead to more wisdom, lead to more um, joy, lead to more um, confidence, trust, and then watch the trajectory of your life change. Yeah, I, that's, it's just so profound to move from a mindset. So we live in a, in a world, in a society that reveres the intellect, right? Like, oh, that person's so smart. I know a lot of smart people that are so far from being masters of their mind. I know a lot of people who have a lot of data and information in the intellect, and they just are really struggling with the mind. And the way that we train the mind is, you know, we train it in that incubator of, of stillness. And then through that, just like, a, just like we're training a puppy, we bring our puppy to the race. We say, okay, we're going to the race. And we, we have experience because experience is where we change. Experience is where we grow. Experience is really where we learn. If we can remember that the intellect is just a storage unit. It's a data and information bank. And it's so, so helpful and just magnificent for moving through this world. But if you just have an intellect that's filled with information and not a lot of experience putting that, that information into action, you're just changing to be the same. Like you got to, well, I mean, I'll just, like what meditator Bob says, it's like the intellect then becomes a waste of space. So it's the experience and this ability. And I think that's why like ha- having a coach that, that can, that speaks this language, right? Like that is into this. And there's a lot of coaches out there that, yes, they're going to tell you, like, just put yourself in the experience. And that's a really good coach. Like put yourself in the experience and then, you know, be there and support you, whether it's remotely or on, on sight at the race through that experience. Oh my gosh, everything, your cells are changing. Things are changing. You're resonating at a different vibration. Like your life is changing through this experience. And, um, and then for Melissa, it was amazing. Like she, I I love that. Like she took this, it wasn't even like a big leap. She's just like, I'm just going to stay in the experience and make decisions in the now. And then ends up having this incredible PR. And that is not luck. That is not luck. There is no luck in this life. There is no luck. She's not lucky. She's not lucky. That PR was the result of every choice and every action and every thought she's indulged in this life. And that's all it is. A moment is, all a moment is, is the result of past action. Um, So more experience. Experience is so incredible. It's so incredible. And it's the way, it's really the way to grow and change and, and to, and to learn and to put all that fantastic uh, intellectual material into action, which also gives you confidence. So I'm not, I'm not kicking the intellect to the curb. I love it. It's wonderful. But without taking that and using it and putting it into action, what, why? 
what? Don't, don't even bother reading the book. If you're not going to put it into action, don't even bother because it's just a storage and it can actually create a lot of stress when you know a lot of things. We come up against this, right? Like I know that all I need to do is this and this, but like, I'm so frustrated. And it's like, okay, so you know it now, how do we bridge that gap to actually doing it? So what's the first step? What's the next logical step, which is how you and I lived for six months on the road after walking away from everything, it was just like, okay, what's the next logical step? Because if I just think of the whole decision we just made and the experience we're having, it's too much to assimilate. So what's the next logical step? Okay, let's see if we can find a place to sleep tonight. And we always did. Yeah. And that's the, I love that Steve Jobs thing, connecting the dots, looking back, you can't connect them moving forward. So we don't know... We can't look forward on that trip and say, okay, well, now we're going to land in California and live in Carlsbad because the dots aren't even there. We don't know. But you can look back and say, okay, we have perspective now. We can connect the dots uh, from, from the past experience and we can apply that path to moving forward, trusting that the outcome will always be what's best for us. And landing here was that outcome. We didn't leave Rhode Island saying we're going to live in Carlsbad, you know, two blocks from the ocean. That is not how it happens. No, but that was, a, that was a dream I have had for 40 plus years was living in California where I could walk to the beach every day. So that was a, law, that was a lifelong dream that we're, we're living now. So, and we got here just to tag along what you were saying. We got here because we were aware, we became aware, and then we took action. Mm-hmm. So we didn't stop at awareness. And awareness, I think, is, is an element of reading books and getting educated and the intellect and you're, you're, you're creating awareness. You can't stop there. You, gotta take, you must take action on those steps. You implement it into your day, into the moment. But how do you know in the moment what step to implement? Presence, awareness. What's the next logical step? Yeah, for sure. And um, Eckhart Tolle... I was listening to him once and he said, see if I can get these words. The ego's incessant need to control is because it's so scared that something terrible is going to happen, right? So it's incessant need to control is to prevent something terrible from happening. The ego's incessant need to control is the exact reason why something wondrous has not happened. So we have to let go of, well, we have to have the awareness of what is ego and what is not ego. Um, Anything that's clinging or frightened or worst case scenario, that's all ego. So that's pretty easy to discern. And I just love that because I, I feel like, Melissa, that was what she experienced this weekend was, you know, she stayed in the now where the ego cannot exist, made decisions from the now where the ego cannot exist, and something wonderful emerged. And that's beautiful. So congratulations, Melissa. I hope you're listening. That's just, you, uh, you continue to, uh, to amaze me. And so keep going because I like to be amazed. Um, all right. What uh, stack day? You wanted to talk about the stack day? We can just touch upon that. We both have stack yeah, days. We do. I'm still in my jammies, by the way. Yeah, I love the I fact too. that I'm recording this <laughs> in my jammies. <laughs> no more video jammies. Although, you know, it could be like athleisure wear, maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Okay. 
Stack day. We do have stack days. Like it wasn't stacked. And then as of like five o'clock yesterday afternoon, I was like, Ooh, today just got stacked. It's a double podcast day for me. We're both teaching yoga. I've got a meeting. Calls. Awake athletes. So how do you, how do you, how do you get a workout in? And this is, I'll, I'll share my experience just quickly, you know, because we get, we bump up against this a lot with people who have busy schedules, family, dinners, uh, commitments, uh, work, travel, all of it. So I've already shifted my, my day today to say whatever pocket I have of time, I have an hour between yoga and the podcast, and then I have 15 minutes between uh, my afternoon calls. So during that time, I'm going to do a short mobility practice. I'm going to go out and run for probably 15, 20 minutes. And then I'm going to come back and um, prepare for my afternoon call. So there's going to be um, making use of the time that I do have. And it's, if I have 45 minutes, I'm not going to fill the 45 minutes with a run. I'm going to fill it with mobility, a little run, and then nutritional recovery. And that's going to pack in that 45 minutes. And that's what I have today. Yes. Oh man, I would love to like slam down a 90 minute, you know, threshold session on the trainer and then get in my hour run at, at a nice and easy pace and get back on the schedule that I have been building as I transition from coming home from this trip. But that's not the, that's not the reality of right now. What's the truth of right now? I have an hour here and 15 minutes here. So I'm going to make the most of it. And it may just be some planks, a little bit of yoga flow in that 15 minutes, and then that's it. And can that be enough? Uh, 10 years ago, it would absolutely be (laughs) unacceptable and would keep me in frustration and distaste and, you know, in 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 a lack mindset. But now I'm celebrating that I actually have time to move the body today and that I can move the body. Do you think like before, just when you said that, I was just thinking like, was your mood so tied up in activity? Like if I don't get this in, then I'm going to be. Yeah, it was all or nothing. Mm. A lot of it was, I have to do this because I've done it in the past and I have this race coming up and I must get this in. The reality of the situation is because I show up every day and do something like I'm doing today, the momentum continues day after day after day. And the moments when you can't get that, or I shouldn't say can't, when you're unable to manage your time appropriately to get the workout in, uh, you're carrying that momentum forward and it's and you're tapping into moving the body, which doesn't always have to be painted in the picture of to the extreme. Mm-hmm. It can be a little bit of something. So yeah, I could have planned more appropriately, get up super early, get a workout in. The situation was I traveled really long. I drove a lot with Daniel, you know, from Northern Oregon back down to Southern California. And it was important to rest and recover the body knowing I still have seven weeks before my race and that it's important to take this time to rest and recover and set myself up for a strong Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the only way that can happen is if I take that rest and recovery now. Yeah. And when you travel, that means like you're, you know, you were a hundred percent in at um, Oregon supporting the athletes, which means you were pushing calls, you know, and it's like, you need to, 
you need to get those calls in and, and honor those commitments. And, um, and so give yourself, I think the grace of a couple, it took me a couple days to land. Um, so I was on the East coast, came home last Wednesday night and you left it. Like I got, we got home at like 11 from the airport and you left at three 30 in the morning to go drive to Oregon. And on Thursday, my intention was like really to land, you know, being in the East coast, traveling, being with my parents, sleeping in my pink bedroom in my twin bed. And it was interesting because I could feel this energy of like, go, 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 go. Like you should be returning emails. You got to work on the book. You got to do all this stuff. And I moved in the absolute opposite direction. I, um, I watched the Tour de France and um, gave myself like an hour long Abiyanga massage with coconut oil. Then I went down to the beach and I jumped into the water, played in the waves. Um, I did some yoga nidra. I did yoga. I did a yoga practice and it really worked in the opposite direction of those impulses that just that tornado of momentum of go, go, go. Um, my mom has a lot of energy. And so we did a lot of things. I drove more in that week than, you know, I don't even think I haven't even driven the car in over a week. And, um, so yeah, so it's so important to land, but yeah, I also have a stacked day. So, you know, it started this morning, we took Clark for a walk, meditated, and then 8am we were doing this podcast and, um, then we, I have a 10 o'clock appointment. I have, we have a one thirty podcast and in between the 10 o'clock appointment and, or, you know, between like 11 and 1230, I need to, um, you know, write the intro for the podcast, do just finish up the research on the guests, things like that. And then right after the podcast, we go into the Awake Athlete Meetup, which is going to be totally delicious. I'm going to lead everyone in a really long, deep, uh, into a deep state of rest through yoga nidra practice. And then I've got some time after that. I've got from four o'clock to 5.15, um, I have that. So basically once we get off awake athlete, let's say four fifteen to five fifteen, I can either get on the bike or I can, um, run. I could also get into email and I could catch up and I could do all these things and I could return texts and all of that, but I'm not going to do that. That is, that's my time before I go down to the beach and teach class tonight. So my day will end about seven thirty tonight and, uh, started this morning at eight, you know, as far as like work goes. And so finding that time and owning that time, just like your dreams, find, find your dreams and own them. I'm going to find the time and I'm going to own it and everything else can wait till tomorrow. Um, and that's how I'm going to do it. Yeah. It can be a weight on your mind. But once, you know, just like the mind's always looking for relief, right? That's why it wants to cancel the race in three months because your ankle is sprained now. It's always looking for relief. As much as it's the very thing that's creating all the problems and the stress, right? Because it loves to chew on problems. This is why we have to train it. If not, you're going to have a puppy and a ripped up couch. That relief, like you had said when you were telling that story about the Ohio 70.3, it's just going to, the relief is temporary until it finds something else to chew on. So that's why you got to be the boss of it. If you're not the boss of it, oh, just going to chew. And I wasn't the boss for a very long time. And yeah, it created a lot of stress and anxiety and severed relationships and, you know, not very good karma, uh, things that I'm I'm paying debts on now. But um, anyway... So you and I were apart, which is not often. 
for a while. And um, so I want to hear, I want to hear like a story, like catch me up on something from your trip or from the time that you were here. Tell me a story. What's coming is we, Daniel and I, well, we drove to Oregon and we, I decided to queue up the surrender experiment from Michael Singer. Ooh, ooh, all right. I like this story. Which is an amazing storyline of doing just that, continuing to surrender when all you want to do is go into the woods and meditate by yourself. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah. But that wasn't the trajectory of his life, uh, especially when you you allow yourself to surrender to the flow. Which of, is what, what that's what he decided to do, right? Yeah, just just surrender to okay. whatever came came forward. Well, you know the book. Um, I've listened to it a few times, but Daniel hadn't listened to it, so I always love listening to these types of. Uh, stories, and I shouldn't say these types because it's only the story I listen to over and over again uh, before races and, and big things because, it, yes, it is inspirational. It used to be loud music and movies, types of movies, but now it's these, or this story uh, specifically because it just, it, it really allows you to take in the information and then apply it, take action on it. So we listened to the first 80% of it, I would say, on the way up. And there's so many moments in there where the opportunity came to fall back on what his mind was telling him to do and what was truly surrendering to the opportunity that lied ahead of him, whether he judged it as, yes, you know, it was good or no, it was bad. And he kept surrendering and surrendering so much to the point, I won't give away the story, but to the point where, you know, he's running this multi-million dollar billion dollar company. And that comes with a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like you just can't even believe what unfolds in this guy's life. Like you turn the page, you're like, Oh my God, what? And then you're like four more chapters in, you're like, Oh my God, I cannot believe this is happening for him. Crazy. Yeah. For him, not to him. Yeah. And then Daniel and I, or at least I decided to just surrender, continue to practice that Internally, I'm thinking through my mind, like, how can I surrender more as I immerse myself into the Ironman 70.3 Oregon experience as a non-racer, as a coach, as a spectator, as a guide, as an athlete training for other races, like how I would approach this experience. And so there were many moments, big and small, that I surrendered. Uh, an example of that was when Daniel and I got back Saturday from all the activities, I said, we got to do a ride. We got we to gotta fill our cup, Daniel. We got we to gotta get out there and enjoy these, these roads out here that pass through vineyards. And uh, it was just so beautiful. We were looking out at Mount Hood from our Airbnb and we were on a winery. So it was, first step was, all right, we're going to go for a ride. How about two hours, Daniel? Cool. Let's, you know, let's get prepared. I looked and Googled uh, a ride and a ride in Amity, which is where we were. And a couple of rides came up and I saw one ride and it had a, it had a hill. So I was like, okay, we're going to do this because it's got a big hill. Like that's the first step. 
And then I kind of looked at, I think I looked at the mileage or the hours and it said two hours, which is totally not right. Uh, <laughs> looked at that and I was like, okay, well, let's get this, let's get this route on our computers because I've never done that before. I've never loaded a route on my bike computer, like actually so you can follow it. So we had to go through that. Daniel got it. I got it. That was an adventure, surrendering, right? Don't know how to do that. And then it started right, it started on the loop, but the loop went right by the vineyard. And we're like, the vineyard is the hill. So we descended and um, well, Daniel was like, do we go left? Do we go right? I'm like, let's go right. So we decided to go right. We're cycling through these uh, just awesome roads. There's no bike lane on these roads, but they're not very heavily trafficked because they're through vineyards and, and corn and, and wheat and hazelnut trees all over the place, uh, pastures. And we just kept taking it, you know, route to route. We got off the route a little bit, you know, for a few moments and then the computer would course correct us. So we were at the mercy of surrendering to our bike computers and the route, which was really fun. It was really, it was a really fun adventure. I'm not going to speak for Daniel. Um, I think he had a good time though. And it ended, we, it was hot. Sun was, you know, beaming. Sometimes there were strong winds. Um, and the ride kept going and going and we got to two hours and then two fifteen, <laughs> and the sun is starting to come down, even though in my mind, I'm like, oh, the sun sets at like eight. Yeah. Something. And Daniel's remembering what it's like to go for a ride with you because <laughs> yes. I've done that too. I'm like, oh, how long is this ride? You're like, like three hours, five hours and 47 minutes. We returned home completely bonked because I ran out of food. <laughs> This was aiming to be that, that type of experience. Yeah, sounds like it. So anyway, uh, fast forward, we got to the final climb, which was back up to where we were staying, and it was a legit. Col de la Loz. It was a yeah, it was a legit climb. But good thing we did it the way we did because the sun was behind us and not in our face. Oh, nice. On the other side, there you go. But we started the climb fourteen. 16%. Nice. Yeah, to start. And it just kept going and going. At this point, it was we were approaching three hours. And we had been in service all day, you know, being out with the team and down at the venue and really haven't had lunch yet. <laughs> so it's just one of those experiences. But when we finished, I kept saying, like, that was so delicious. That was, I was so filled with... I was so filled with energy. So the energy was already in me. But it had come out because I had immersed myself in a potential new opportunity, laying my, myself over, surrendering to whatever the route was, trusting that it would bring us back to the vineyard. And it did. And it was uh, a delicious experience. One that, yeah, you're going to grow from the experience. I'm definitely, I've definitely already grown from the experience because I know how to use the upload feature on a, on a bike computer, but also that, you know, at this point in my life, I'm still curious about adventure and the unknown. And that excites me. And it leads me to be a better coach, be a better human, be a better athlete to continue to encourage those around me and in our community that when you just take that step, you know, that the decision to go out for the ride and actually getting out on the ride was the next step to get us to this unbelievable experience. 
Yeah. And, and it's a great mind training, right? Cause you got to let go of like, okay, well now it's two fifteen, and I'm looking at my little bike computer and we're not anywhere close to being home. Um, and let go of that. And, you know, just like a child that tantrums, if you just put your focus on something else, pedal stroke, your breath, um, the beautiful winery, the hazelnut trees, the mind will tantrum out. Like it will, it will, it will surrender. That's the thing. It will surrender, but we're so addicted to indulging it that we never get to see how it does surrender. And both Daniel and I were willing to go off route on this adventure. Even though we had the computer and the the data and information, we were willing to just have, if we get, you know, on a wrong road, we will find our way back, trusting that we will find our way back. It's a road. We have cell phones. We'll find a way back. We could have got caught up in all of that. Like, it's going to get dark. We still have things to do when we get home. We got a big day tomorrow. Big day on Sunday. I just kept pulling back to, to right now. And one note about the computer looking at the computer constantly of where we are, when was the next turn, how much distance to the next turn, how much we had already ridden. Like looking at that, I understand for a ride that's unfamiliar using that information. I also see the tendency to really attach to it and be like, well, they said there was a turn up here and it was only supposed to be 0.5 miles. Those, they, they said. whoever they are. (laughs) This is why I really enjoy and immerse myself in not looking at that so often because I see how it can create stress and anxiousness and attachment. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I'm aware of that tendency and I understand how athletes get really, you know, um, attached to how fast they're going, where the route is, how much is left. Um, So have more experience without the computer. Go have an adventure. Turn right when you should go left. Like put yourself in that to learn and work through, through direct experience, those feelings and emotions that come up that say it has to be a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And those are helpful. I've used, um, I've used that on my Coros watch for, uh, like trail runs that I don't know. I I'm out in the woods by myself. I don't know where I am, I'm not familiar with the trails and I'll load a route from, um, the, uh, what's that app I use? Trail something. God, it's been, it's been a while since. All trails. All trails. Yeah. My trail runner is slowly dying within me, but, um, yeah, from all trails and you load it onto your watch. It's so cool. And so it does, it, I found that to be pretty helpful in the past, but, uh, so technology is, is good for, for those kinds of things. Nice. Yeah. Surrender, surrender experiment. I highly encourage you listen to it and then maybe listen to it again and then apply it into your life. Perfect. What, uh, what about you? Okay. I have a story. So, and I think it just goes to like, it just shows the divine orchestration of life and the follow your follow your gut like follow your intuition so leading into my trip back east my parents both have cars and i would be driving from the cape down to valerie's house in rhode island for our retreat and i've always used my dad's card to do it and he has a, um this this comes into play he has a a white honda accord with like 
like a camel color, color like leather interior. Okay. And, um, it's like, it's kind of a bigger car and it drives great and whatever. So, um, so I've always used that to go down there. My parents are very generous in that way. And my dad never lets me put gas in it. He just always, you know, that's like his thing. He wants to fill the tank and, and I was just getting this hit leading into the trip, get on Turo and rent yourself a car. And I was like, kind of toying with that. Like, okay, well, but I have a car, but I just had this real calling, like rent a car, like rent a car. And, um, and watching the mind going like, you don't need to spend this money. And, but then the other part going, yeah, but I'm going to follow this calling. And if I can spend the money, I'm going to do it. And plus we've thought about putting our car on Turo. And so I wanted to have that experience. So then I, I get online and I start looking at Turo and, um, you know, I find this car that's like $89 and I was like, okay, that feels good. And, but it's like really far down Cape and, um, cause you realize like you got to go where the car is located. So then I found another car that was a little bit closer around the same amount, but it was a white Volkswagen. And I was like, we have a white Volkswagen. Like if I'm going to get a car, I don't, you know, I want like, I'm not going to get the same car I drive. I don't, I don't know what it was. So then I found this Audi. There was an Audi A6 and it was in Bourne, which is where my brother lives. And so I was like, oh, Maddie, Maddie will totally take me. Um, plus he loves cars. And I was like, he'll, you know, he wouldn't drive me for a, for a Ford, but he'll drive me for an Audi. Um, and so I booked the car and I booked it. I didn't know what the times were, where I was going to be picking up. So I booked it from like... Saturday at 2 p.m., dropping it off Monday at 11 a.m., okay? And just kind of put that in there, and I haven't worked with Turo before, and, and it was $100 a day. So I was like, okay, $200, and I called the insurance company. They were like, you're covered. You don't need to get coverage. And so I got, like, the minimum coverage just because there could be some, they said there could be some differences with the state, blah, 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 so I rent the car. So I tell my brother, and he's like, oh, can we do the, can we, can we, pick it up a little bit earlier on Saturday. I was like, yeah, no problem. So I asked the girl, she was totally cool. So now I switched it from 11 a.m. pickup on Saturday to 4 p.m. drop off on Monday, just to give me some extra time because I was going to go, I was going to be in Rhode Island. I was going to stop and see your dad on the way home and things like that. So I asked the girl um, and she was like, yeah, no problem. She was super cool. But what that did was it added another day. So now the $200 you know, $230 is now over $400, right? And my dad is sitting there saying like, you can take my car. And and my, and I was like, yeah, but I just, I kind of want to just get this car. I don't know why, like maybe it's freedom. Maybe I just feel like I'm going to have some freedom. I don't know what it is that's driving me to rent this car, but I'm renting the car. So my brother takes me on Saturday morning and I pick the car up. I swear to God, it's the same exact car. It's the same exact size as my dad's car. It's the same exact color as my dad's car. I get in it. I feel like I'm driving my dad's car. So then the mind's like, what are you doing? Like, you could have just driven the car and saved the $400. Like, why are you in this car? And I was like, I'm just going to embrace it. I've made the choice. And the girl was super cool. Her name was Tara. She was so cool. Really chill. She had a great vibe. Um, We were talking about yoga. And I was like, yeah, I'm literally just going to drive us down to Rhode Island. I'm going to lead a yoga retreat. I'm going to go take a yoga class. And, and, uh, I said, I might be back earlier on Monday. Is that cool? If I change the time again, she's like, yeah, whatever. Just, just do it through the app and then I'll know and I can adjust it. And I was like, okay, cool. So driving down, you know, early Sunday morning, feel like I'm driving my dad's car, um, go to the retreat, blah, 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 stay the night at Valerie's house. 
wake up Monday morning, go to class at Rhode Island Power Yoga, go and see your dad. And I'm realizing that I'm going to be back probably now around two o'clock. So I changed the time in Toro. She accepts it. She's like, great, no problem. So call my mom. She's going to meet me where we're going to drop the car off. And you know, then I'm going to go drive around, go shopping and do whatever she wants to do. So I get to the drop-off point, right? And this is where it all begins to make sense. I get to the drop-off point, check my app. I have a message from her and she was just like, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to meet I'm not going to be able to meet you on my way to meet you. I saw a kitten on the side of the highway and I stopped and now I'm at the vet with this cat who has a limp and we're just getting her checked out, getting them checked out. And, um, she's like, I'm so sorry, you know, just leave the keys in this secret little compartment. And, you know, if you want to stay there while I inspect the car, like, you know, whatever, I'm just, I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's totally no problem, but I'm completely invested in this cat's life. So you have to keep me posted. And I was like, the car is in pristine condition. The keys are where you left them, blah, blah, blah. You know, just, just let me know. And I had never rented with Turo before. And there's like this whole thing of like, you can upload photos. So, you know, you can prove that you left the car and I'm sure that that works for some people. Um, and so then we're in touch, like for the whole afternoon, the cat's getting x-rays, all this stuff. And I'm like, it's just all coming in of like, this whole thing was for this beautiful little being to be okay. And, and I, and hun, like I was very, I was so close to being like, if this kitten needs a home, I'll take them. And I'm in the car with my mom. My mom's like, just tell her you'll take the cat. And I'm like, and this is the gap. This is the amazing mind training. I was like, mom, I'm emotional about this cat right now. Of course, she's sending, and Tara's sending me pictures of the kitten, and he's so cute. He's so cute, of course, because he's a kitten, right? And uh, I'm like, I'm emotional about this kitten right now. I have a husband who would need to be in agreement about this. And this is like an, this could be an 18 to 20 year commitment. So I'm just going to live in this gap right now, mom. And my mom was like, well, what are you going to respond to her? And so I just responded to her. I said, keep me posted. Thank you so much for taking care of this beautiful being. And if it gets to a point where this cat's going to go to a shelter, let me know. Cause I thought, well, Hey, we know some people who love cats. Like we could, we could at least expand the search and see if we could rehome this kitten without making any commitments that I'm going to like take the cat, you know? And I just said to the universe, the God of my unique understanding, I just said, whatever you need me to do, like I'll do. I see how you've how all of this has been orchestrated. And I thought to myself, like, would you spend $438 to, to ensure the safety and the well-being of this little kitten, this, this, this soul? And I was like, I would have spent much more than $438. And it all just came together in that moment, like nothing made sense of why I was renting the car, why I was, you know, the times that I was returning it. And then I realized that it was just this divine sequence that she needed to be on the highway. It, that it was all for this little kitten. So, um, he is, she ended up taking him and he was, he's going to go and live with her. And it's so nice because I've met her. And so she's got this really sweet vibe and she's very, very sweet lady. Um, and so now he's got a home 
And she said he was full of like sand. I guess he had just been like eating dirt and he had a limp. He had like, he had strained or broken something in his body and, but he's going to be okay now. And I feel incredibly grateful that I followed that hit that I, um, that I was a part of, I feel so blessed to have been a part of this little kitten's beautiful life, this jackpot that he just hit. So yeah, that's the story. Hey, you just never know. You never know. You know, you don't know the whole story. You don't. You don't. I say that a lot. You don't. And it was funny because my m- mom was really invested too, and then my sister was invested, and they were like, "Well, what's going on with the cat? What's the, you know?" And then I was thinking, like, "Oh, I should follow up with. Her. I should ask her, like, what's the cat's name?" And I was like, "No, I don't. I now it's time to let go. Now it's time to let go. I don't need to be this cat's auntie. I don't need to be like." stalking the woman who I rented a car from, you know, I don't need to know the cat's name. I need, now I need to let go. My job here is done. I made the investment. I followed the calling hands off, let go. Wow. Yeah. I didn't hear that story. I know. I have pictures of him on my phone. He's so cute. I'll show you. Um, all right. I think that's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, anything else? Well, I think the last time we recorded the O show, we were talking about the Galapagos Islands and we had a couple rooms left and that thing sold out, I think even before we launched the podcast, but, um, talking about not knowing the whole story, what came from that is an opportunity to lead another yoga adventure in Patagonia, March 2nd to the 9th. And that is out there. It's on the website. If that is something that speaks to you, check it out. We do have some spots available. Day three is my birthday. So if you feel like coming down to Patagonia and, uh, navigating the Futulufu river through kayaking and stand up paddleboarding and rafting, um, there's a little bit of like mountain biking, but it's, um, it's really just like to get from one place to another. It doesn't sound like it's technical mountain biking. I think they even say in the description, it's like flat. Um, there's some hiking there's a full day off, which sounds like that will be needed. And then of course yoga, which is, which is my contribution. So it's in direct partnership with the travel yogi, same, uh, adventure travel company that is leading the, um, that has organized the Galapagos that I'm leading. So uh, we'll put links to the show notes in that. So check that out. Uh, We've got some folks on the team, actually, that are signed up for it. And um, I just can't wait to see who, you know, who else follows the calling Um, because you just don't know the whole story. So if you get the hit, follow it. Um, Because if you go all in with a desire if you're strong enough to to stay focused on that, you will have all the support you need. And I believe that that wondrous thing will unfold because it has 100% of the time for me when I go all in on something. So yeah, I think that's... Um, I think that's about it. We got Coach Melissa's coming into town. When this launches, because this thing's launching on Monday, when this launches... You and me and Daniel and Melissa will be having our coaches meeting up Palomar Mountain. So we're going to go, we're going to take Melissa on a, what is it? It's like 63 miles, 7,000 feet of climbing. And then we're going to go get some vegan Mexican food. Fatties. Yeah. The community uh, to celebrate the experience or like, we all want more community and we've been without community, you know, with the pandemic, like we were, the community was taken away from us. These experiences where we can get out yoga retreats, getting up to Oregon, 
you know, 70.3, make, making the commitment to just immerse yourself in that community, whether you're, you know, taking part in the yoga retreat or you're just spectating a race or you're cheering some people on, really important for connection. And the moments of face-to-face personal contact that we have is profoundly impactful on the trajectory of your next you know, few weeks, months, years, your lifetime. Um, having conversations, engaging, and feeling that vibration, like when you met the, the Turo lady, like face-to-face versus online, really, I don't know, it just it, it opens up an energetic like flow. And I hear this a lot from people that we see at races when they're, you know, they listen to us on the podcast and they actually get to meet us in person and they walk away and they're like, oh my goodness, like that was so, like I feel so, I don't know, like I know you guys, like oh, I feel so alive. And the same thing um, happens at anything when we come together. So if you're thinking about coming to the yoga retreat or you're, you've been thinking about Santa Cruz, for instance, there's a few spots left. And you're like, I just want to be with them. And you don't necessarily have to race, but come up and spectate or make the trip and, and, and just be there in community. You don't even have to do the things. They're all optional. Um, just, the yoga retreat is the same thing. Um, but don't hold yourself back from experiencing that joy uh, is my point. So if you feel compelled and you feel that place on your heart to connect, go connect. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah, so team race would be uh, Santa Cruz 70.3 this year, but next year uh, team race will be Oregon. Well, Oceanside, of Oceanside, course. Oceanside, Oregon, probably Santa Cruz I'm not Cruz doing again. Oceanside, um, but I am <laughs> doing. I am going to do Oregon. Uh, so, yeah, come train with us. we got three amazing triathlon and running coaches uh, ready to help you master the mind. But you got to want it, and you got to be – you got to be – really fueling that want because it is the greatest battle you will ever want to fight. 